This is BMI Redefined with Jin and Mo. Welcome to BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. And we are here today with an amazing guest. And we just want to talk for a few seconds to say what we're doing here at BMI Redefined. We're looking at perspectives and perceptions within ourselves and within the world around us. And each segment will have a guest and a story. And today, Mo's going to introduce our famous guest. Our famous guest today is my life partner, my best friend, and my husband, Dr. Andrew J. Beer Halls. He is from Wash U, and Andrew and I, actually I call him Andy, everybody calls him Andy, so we're just going to stick with Andy. Is that okay, Andy? Yep. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> so you've just met Andy. Andy is- Hi, everyone. Yay. Hello. So Andy is uh, not just my husband, but he's also a great dad to two kiddos who are actually here today because of COVID-19. We are doing school inside the home. So one is on Google Hangouts and the other is on Zoom. And afterwards, we are going to be walking the dogs, trying to get some exercise and we'll do some cooking. I think Andy didn't, uh, yeah, two days ago, we bought. Uh, we both taught some uh, Sebastian how to grill, right? Yes, we did. Salmon. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> Good answer. And it was. <laughs> and so we're trying to just teach everybody, you know, little things here and there, life skills. We're trying to take advantage of the time we have with them because, believe it or not, in a couple of years they're going to be gone. So today I get to introduce to you Andy Beerhalls, who is MD, MPH, and he is director of cardiothoracic imaging at Barnes Jewish West County. He is also a vice chair of quality and safety at Barnes, and he is an assistant professor of radiology. And he is my guy, so I'm so glad he's here today to talk to us about COVID-19 in the hospitals and whatever else he wants to talk about. So, Andy, I would like to ask you a few questions as well as Jen, if you would be so inclined. Yes. Oh, good. Okay, Jen, do you want to go ahead and ask Andy a question? Yeah, I kind of just wondering, Andy, and I'm sure the listeners are too, is like, what is your typical day like, okay, in the hospital working around COVID-19 right now, kind of pre-pandemic and currently, and how has it changed? So in radiology, things have changed a little bit uh, for us, probably. So prior to, the pand prior to COVID, prior to the pandemic, our, our typical day would be you would be in the hospital in patient care areas, you know, reading or interpreting imaging studies fairly closely with the patients, um, fairly integrated with patient care. Since the pandemic has hit, as most radiology programs around the country, we've, we're practicing social distancing, much like everybody else, to keep staff healthy as well as patients healthy. So we have actually expanded where we're interpreting studies from. Um, we've opened up uh, uh, areas to interpret studies outside of more patient care areas in different buildings, as well as the ability to interpret studies from home. So we've been practicing kind of extreme social distancing. So that's really been the big change for us that's in everyone's you know, best interest, both staff and patients, 
to minimize foot traffic in the hospital. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, Mo, you have something? Uh, yeah. So currently with COVID-19 pandemic augmenting lives globally, what in what ways are you working, uh, your team working on processes, uh, new processes to protect and enable healthcare continuity? Okay. So again, with the, the pandemic that hit, as with all of the various, uh, both WHO and CDC guidelines, there was an initial push to kind of shut everything down for lack of a better way of putting it to really focus on the coming surge to help direct care towards patients who might be presenting to the hospital for COVID. Again, limiting elective types of medical procedures, one for social distancing to get you know, healthy people out of the hospital so they don't get exposed, but two, also to have enough resources to deal with any surge or with any additional patients that might have COVID. As time is going on, and probably people have seen now in the media, there is a greater push, desire, and necessity to start expanding and opening up things again, because patients, again, you can defer care for sometime, but there's a point at which even routine care now is going to have to be reintroduced back into the system. So right now, that's where a lot of the efforts are going. Again, keeping people safe on, on now, but also thinking about and developing workflows to allow uh, non-COVID-related uh, medical care to go on, uh, to allow patients to come back into the hospital systems in a safe fashion. Okay. Okay. Do you think that we will be, I mean, I know this is, I don't know if this is really a question to ask, but do you think that we will be opening uh, sooner than later to get patients in? Because what I want to know is what are happening to the patients who are having just like regular heart attacks or strokes or who are ill? What are, where so, are they going? So, so regular happening? acute care hasn't changed. Uh, again, patients that have cancer or acute problems like strokes or heart attacks, that care is still going on in the hospital. That hasn't stopped. It's, you know, some more routine care that has kind of ramped down. And I would argue that or say that probably in the next, you know, months coming up, there will be reintroduction in phased fashions that are safe to allow patients that are seeing or needing more routine care, whether it be, you know, say elective types of procedures such as hip replacements or screening colonoscopies over the next couple of months in a staged controlled fashion to allow them uh, to return back to uh, the medical uh, establishment and to have their routine care. But again, it's going to be done uh, at a very larger level, whether it's state or national, and it's going to be done in such a fashion to make sure that everyone is safe in the healthcare system and they don't get uh, infected with COVID and we still maintain social distancing. Okay, cool. Okay. Jen? Yeah, so just thinking we're in our, what, sixth week now of the, the social distancing, quarantining, and still have the same tank of gas that I've had in my car <laughs> Six weeks not going. See, look, there's an upside. You're using yeah, yeah, gas. Exactly. I'm saving gas <laughs> money, Andy. The, um, the price of oil was dropped to what? Nothing. So yeah, nothing. we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so just thinking about that, you know, us being here in the St. Louis area, would you say, you know, when we started this push in Missouri and in St. Louis area for social distancing, we kind of jumped on that bandwagon to 
flatten the curve, you know, to keep it from spiking as high as it was, it was headed. Do you think we jump soon enough? Um, so social distancing, do you think that we should have had it happen sooner just from the cases and numbers of cases that us outside the hospital world are hearing about from inside the hospital? What do you think? Should we have tried all this sooner or are we on track? I mean, I, given the, the data and the information that everyone had, I think things were, you know, people acted appropriately in the situation. The curve, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't seen a big uh, hit of cases in uh, St. Louis area and Missouri in general. While there are cases, we've been able to really keep them down, that there was no big rush or surge at the hospital, again, allowing for safe uh, care. Um, so I think, again, it's a balancing act that, yes, you, you could always argue, could you have done it sooner, that maybe there would be fewer number of cases, that is true, but it's balanced against when you shut everything down you know, again, routine care has gone away, um, patients having access to care, things are a little bit more difficult. So I, I think, you know, we've acted prudently. I think people, you know, th that because of how everything has been acted, people have acted, the number of cases has been kept down, the, the, mm -hmm. the curve has been flattened in the St. Louis area. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's what we're hearing. Yeah. And yeah, because, you know, I was, I was afraid that we would become like, you know, my home state, like another Detroit or, you know, something like that. Your home state of Detroit? <laughs> my home state of Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, whatever. Oh my gosh. See what I have to deal with? <laughs> I love you guys. Oh. So I was just thinking, if, so we're talking inside the hospital. So one thing I was curious about, Mo and I were talking about yesterday, is has there been, I mean, as far as staff and professionals coming in to work in these different areas for the cases of the heart attacks and the acute care and everything you're talking about, has there been kind of a cross-disciplinary um, shift work? Yeah, shift yeah. between professionals? Like you so, were... Is, was in the ER now they're in the ICU or vice versa or what have you seen uh, in, in st. Louis that really has there hasn't been again the surge that people have been pulled out of their specialty let's say radiology to help uh, care for patients in the ICUs or on the floors we've been lucky enough with that but you know healthcare especially in st. Louis we've been very collaborative the healthcare systems you know have worked very well together to you know coordinate care and to really uh, kind of keep keep the cases down and help, uh, you know, really work in the best interest of the patients. Mm -hmm. That's, good. That's good. And what do you, what do you feel that, um, you know, the expectations are now going from, we're here now, what do you see in the future of medicine of going, moving forward? Do you think that there will be a change uh, um, of how people operate? I Not think operating, but you know. Uh, I, I think uh, definitely in the foreseeable future, there is going to be the the work is going to be definitely different. Um, there's going to be a greater focus on social distancing, on you know making sure that patients are safe as they're flowing through the healthcare system, keeping uh, staff and and doctors and nurses and technical staff safe. So I think there will be a change you know, as that goes on, um, whether or not we get back to where we were before, that's going to be a different discussion, what, you know, where we're going to end up. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I mean, along that same line with the, you know, with <coughs> telehealth and all that going on, we talked to a psychologist the other day about how she was working with clients on that, that avenue. And so will there be more prescriptions approved or some more from a, from a phone call standpoint and less visiting the actual office? I mean, what do you think? Are we I, I think that vein? I think there probably will be, this is, is a good, you know, force or we were forced to do, go with telehealth. And I think that probably will become a little bit more uh, routine for maybe routine follow-up visits and, and minor problems that there will be the, the shift to telehealth. I think it helps everybody. One, it's, it's more convenient. Uh, two, again, there's some social distancing aspects of it, you know, so, and, and as, People have more access to, you know, computers and, um, you know, things like uh, Skype and Zoom and other products equivalent. Really, you know, that's going to become, I think, more of a cornerstone of routine care. Mm -hmm. And it, didn't it used to be like that at some point? And what, then you're talking about you're talking about the doctors coming to your house. Yeah, in the yeah, 30s, house calls. 40s and 50s. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a new version of a house call. Right. Okay. Which I, I'm, I'm all for. That's fine. But I have my own house call right there. But that's Yeah, okay. you do. I drive him nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> Notice how he's not saying anything? <laughs> no, I'm just going to stick out of this one. <laughs> Smart. Yes. So, so what do you see as the as the main challenges. So we've talked, we've talked all around this and through it as far as what's going on with the, with the manner and the methods were pre pandemic, what's going on now, some of the expectations for the future, but what do you think will be some of the biggest challenges to just get back at back in the middle of the road, back, whatever the new normal is going to be. Well, I think that's, that's the big challenges is how do how do we turn things back on, whether it's, you know, healthcare, or you know the economy or society in general in a safe manner that allows people to get out and live relative you know live a normal life whether it's a new normal whether how we do things is a, is different that's that's you know gonna we're gonna see where that takes us but I think that's the big challenge moving forward is how do you in a staged safe controlled way get us back to uh, a non-quarantined or non-stay-at-home order structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just thinking, not to ask you to be a predictor or fortune teller or forecaster, but I mean, do you think we're still going to be seeing people walking around in masks in 2021? I, I, I don't know um, the answer to that. I would say you'll probably see it'll be more common for to see random or to see people in masks, whether it will be everyone or a large proportion. I'm not, I don't know, but I'd say it would not be uncommon to see a few more people than we did before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, what do you think? Jen? It's been some great conversation, Andy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And even though you're just like right upstairs and I'm downstairs, but that's okay. Or excuse me, <clears throat> you're in Austria. Is that where you're at? Yes. 
I'm guessing. Actually, actually no, that's the, you should, that's in Bavaria. Oh, Bavaria. Okay. Excuse me, because they're so different. Well, they are different, actually. Very different. So, Andy, is there just kind of a final comment, final note you'd like to leave with our listeners before we... I mean, a final comment, again, over the next, you know, we're going to have some challenges over the next, you know, months. Uh, for how long, I don't know. But, you know, again, society will start to reopen. And I would say, you know, look at that as a positive and understand that, you know, when things get opened in a stage fashion, you know, everyone's trying to do that as safely as possible to get, again, to protect everybody. All right. 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 Thank okay. you so much for your insights, Andy. This is thank, thank you, you. Andy. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Right. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Should we sign off, Jim? I think so. Okay. Let's Wait, go. Wait, you have your coffee, right? I snuck wow. out today. <laughs> I did wear a mask. You asked for that. I did. Oh, okay. It's 11.03 a.m. according to my <laughs> It just seems like this is just so much at sometimes. Some, and it's, you know, it just seems like it's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, as, as, as our guest Andy said, um, it's not, this is not going to be forever. It's yeah. going to be a slow turn on. Yeah. But it's just been a lot for our society a lot more than I think what we thought it would be. Well, I mean, just thinking about what, you, what came to mind when you said the slow turn on is when you and I are both researchers, you know, in our degrees and our work. Mm -hmm. and, and think about when you're doing a study, how you only turn one dial at a time to see which variable is acting. Um, right. What your hypothesis is telling yourself and telling, telling the others. And so, you know, that's kind of what I think we're going to be doing here is kind of turning one dial at a time and how we right. reopen the economy and get back into the healthcare and back into the retail and back into the, the restaurants and the small businesses and all that, that it's going to be, like you say, and like Andy said, it's going to be a slow turn on. It is. And just to figure out, you know, what, uh, what works and what doesn't work. That's right. Yeah, if we turn one dial, we might have to turn it back off. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, this was a little, you know, kind of funny. But anyway, okay, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to go have my coffee. Have your coffee. All right. Yummy. This has been BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.